0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into?
1: Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome to South Florida. It's the playoff drive brought to you by Byers Auto and it's on the road. The college football playoff game. Uh, just a couple days away. So now Berm and I are down here to get ready. And Ohio State uh, will be joining us in Alabama tomorrow. The testing is complete for the Buckeyes. A little bit of a change from the normal Big Ten protocol. They're done. Friday was the last round of testing. Ohio State will travel tomorrow. So everyone who gets on that plane, uh, I guess unless they have some more symptoms, there will not be more uh, testing. So this roster will be set. The Buckeyes are cleared to go. So is Alabama. So for all of the panic this week, Berm, the title game is on, just as we said, when the Woody was open and every practice was completed. And the good news is, for people out there, is that the the, the
0: chaos, the the worrying up until like two hours before game time over the last couple of weeks may not be necessary. We might get that availability report a little bit sooner than we have in recent weeks. We won't. But we'll at least have a better <laughs> idea of who's not going to be on it. Yeah. Um, or who is going to be on it, I guess you should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's what I've said all week. The Buckeyes want to play. They, they, they're they going to get down here and be ready to go. They get here tomorrow night around 6 o'clock, Saturday night. Alabama actually arrives tonight, Friday. Um, you know, so the game is happening. Uh, the the stresses, the chaos, the panic, everything of all year ends finally in three days. And
1: uh, I, 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 for one, couldn't be gladder. Yeah, it's been a, a weird thing. We've talked about it several other times this week. Like, there was never any true concern coming from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center uh, or the people that we talked about. Yes, I mean, uh, Ohio State has had positive tests within the program for six weeks now. But, um, you know, I I don't know. It's been strange to see the way that some of these people have reported uh, on the game elsewhere when Ohio State was fully intending and and will now at this point travel uh, tomorrow to play. They've completed their full week of practice. And, uh, you know, we've had we know 10 people or 11 people that have talked uh, this week, and that includes Justin Fields. Um, you know he's he's raring to go. Uh, all signs have been positive for his health to get back. Uh, you know from a shot uh, on the side. I'm not sure if it's really the ribs so much as as you know just the lower part of his body. We'll see if that impacts the way that he can run uh, on Monday night, and we'll see. That's another thing that Ohio State won't talk about and won't be on the availability report. So Justin Fields will play. Uh, we know that Jonathan Cooper and Haskell Garrett will play, and so on. So I, I think that maybe we'll see. Uh, a little bit closer to full strength team than even we anticipated earlier in the week.
0: Well, I, you know, we've talked about it. The,
1: the The idea is that the offense, we
0: pretty much had an idea the offense is going to be as close to full strength as it can be, taking into consideration that Justin has, you know, a little bit of soreness. But the, as Spencer and you and I talked about on Thursday, this has been blown way out of proportion when it comes to Justin Fields and the injury. He's going to be fine. The offensive line, everyone should be back. What, how they actually play the offensive line? That's going to be up in the air, I guess. Uh, but that doesn't really matter. Everyone should be relatively available and healthy. And ultimately, for the Buckeyes, for Alabama, that's what you want. You want to come into this national championship game and have it be best on best. And you, you know, I, I I'm sure Alabama fans out there are probably saying, "Hey, we don't care if you have to play with you know t- tight ends playing defensive line," <laughs> but uh, doesn't seem like Ohio State's going to be for- forced to do that. And. Again, I'm just annoyed because the entire week of all this conversation and all the the rumors and speculation has come from people that really have no idea why they're doing it. And I think in this sort of year, it's been it's been really easy to give negative guesses about things yeah. and be proven right. And it's just a, that doesn't mean that you are actually right. It means you're a cynic and that you're um, you know reading cues because it's
1: the world right now. So. Who knows? Yeah, it's been a lot of unnecessary stress. Um, that's really been the theme of the entire year. That goes without saying that we would have it for the last week. But I, it's, it's a little bit staggering that there are so many people who can't. You're talking about reading the signs. I mean, it's common sense. If the Woody Hayes was open, if practice was continuing, Ohio State would not have been barreling forward uh, with an outbreak and putting even January 18th in question, right. uh, which it is not. This game is going to be played uh, on Monday night at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, looking forward to it. And Justin Fields' family, I can confirm they made it as well. They were on the flight uh, down with me, uh, excited to be here and, and get a, a nice long weekend and, and see what Justin Fields can do as, for an encore for that Sugar Bowl performance, which is one of the best ones of all time. Um, as we get, Have you ever seen a quarterback play a game better than he did in the Sugar Bowl? I don't think so. I think the only thing that comes to mind is the fourth quarter for J.T. Barrett against Penn State. Uh, well, in 2017, that comeback—that yeah. was like the you know, a condensed version, like one really great quarter or, or whatever, you know, a quarter and a half, whatever it wound up being. Um, but considering the stakes of that game, the quality of the opponent, um, you know, Ryan Day absolved him of the one interception, which said he shouldn't have called it, and it was deflected as well. I mean, to throw six touchdowns in a sugar bowl with, uh, you know, in your entire half of your body sore and banged up and needing a shot to get through it when you add all that stuff together no I don't I don't think so like it's that's what made it even more special as we've talked about you know when Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson both this week we're comparing it to the way he came out of the tent and off the bench to make that touchdown throw in the game last year a little bit of revisionist history to erase Chris Chuganoff's role from that sure. saying there was one play but I mean he's doing things and has done them that I just never imagined a quarterback could do
0: well, I wanted to ask Justin on Thursday, but didn't get a chance to. Like, does he think he can play better? Right. Because I, I that, to me, is a, an interesting thing here because we've seen him kind of be a great player for the last two years. He's had two kind of one bad half against Indiana. And a bad game against northwestern and both times he's bounced back with some pretty good performances and i just the the key here to me is can justin sustain that he doesn't need to play like that i mean perfect football because like we've talked about the, the odds are this game's going to be a shootout and you can afford a mistake or two right um because alabama will make a mistake or two as well they're not going to shy away from being aggressive with the football and the buckeyes should be back to full strength and defense uh in the back half as well so you think that there's maybe an opportunity to step up and make a play back there. Um, I I just am interested to see how the Buckeyes come out of the gate because I think that Friday – Monday night, sorry, what what day is it? Where am I? (laughs) Who am I? Well, we are now in South Florida. It's Friday. (laughs) Buckeyes and Alabama play on Monday.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay,
0: so, um, you know, I think that it's going to be – Alabama is going to come out and really try to press tempo against Ohio State because they saw what Clemson did in the first drive of that game. And once you let this Buckeye defense – kind of get rolling a little bit. There is a lot of talent on this defense, especially in the linebacker group. They're so smart, they're so active, and they're so multiple that I really feel like Alabama has to come out and push tempo. I I don't think that they're going to shy away from running the ball after seeing the Buckeyes shut down Travis at the end, but I think that they're going to have, they they know the way to beat this Ohio State team is throwing.
1: You have, you really have no other choice. Um, The way that that front seven is playing for Ohio State, I, I keep saying it, but it's it's remarkable to put it in contrast with where this team was two years ago when Ryan Day inherited the program and the worst statistical defense in school history. You have to give a lot of credit to Al Washington, Greg Madison, of course, Larry Johnson, the hold over there. Um, you know, Matt Barnes has done a, a pretty solid job there uh, in the back end as, as well. And Jeff Halfley with Kerry Combs tag teaming and as coordinators uh, in the secondary, they've done a great job, but it's also not just about the coaches and Uh, So take Combs and Halfley and Barnes out of it and focus on Madison, Washington, uh, what they've done with the linebackers. Truly amazing. Um, But it's also those guys, Justin Hilliard, buy Borland, Pete Werner, Baron Browning.
0: These guys were all sophomores, true sophomores when that was happening. I mean, they were forced to play in a defense that was extremely complicated. What the Buckeyes have done over the last two years with these guys, number one, they've simplified the defense. But number two, you have – four guys that have played 150 games, right? I mean, that makes a big difference. And, and you have players that are able to really read and react in a way that we haven't seen a, a set of Buckeye linebackers do um, probably since Darren Lee and, and Rayquan McMillan and those guys. Um, and I just think it's great to, to have the opportunity for these guys to maybe shed some of the, the negative stuff that's been around them. I, I know Tuff Borland is not the guy that people love on the internet because he isn't like a 4-3 guy. I, don't, I still don't understand why Pete Warner has been ever the subject of people's like scorn because he's been the best linebacker on this team for three years, so I don't entirely get that. But I can just sense the comment
1: section filling yeah, up right now. Yeah,
0: and I'm inviting that. I want that to happen because I, if the Buckeyes are able to win this game on Monday night, it's going to be because of those linebackers. Yeah. And I think that people – I hope that people will walk out of that game going, wow, we were totally wrong about those guys. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think people will ever admit that they're wrong about anything. Uh, but, you know, it, it hasn't been all bad for those guys. And it's kind of, um, you know, Baron Browning, tough Borland, Pete Warner, they've all, they've all had their ups and downs on the field. But for the, for the most part, they've been pretty good.
1: Well, the rise of, of Justin Hilliard in these last two, three games is also um, really important in my mind because it what a, it may allow Baron Browning to do. Um, I mean, we know that Tyler Friday and Zach Harrison did not play in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, we'll have to wait to see exactly on Monday night what the status report uh, reveals for them. But, you know, you have to figure in some way that you're going to need another body to help the to pass rush. You have to. And I think that, you know, Hilliard being so fundamentally sound and you saw it even after that first drive against Clemson. Once Justin Hilliard was in there, Ohio State started settling down a little bit defensively. He is making some phenomenal plays against that screen game, and if Alabama tries to do that, you can put a lot of trust in Pete Warner, Tuff Borland, and Justin Hilliard to handle that. And if that, if those linebacker duties are handled and solid, guess what? You get to just turn Baron Browning's athleticism loose to go get the quarterback. And you watch him. I mean, I, his first step. Uh, this sounds stupid and crazy. Just the first step. He looks like he's like Chase Young, athletic coming off the football. I am not suggesting. In any way shape or form that baron browning is as good of a pass rusher as chase young but you can see some of that hallmarks and when he arrives you know that football can get loose in a hurry i i i just think that this is a game where baron browning is going to have an impact and i think that's the way it will be yeah i agree and i
0: I think that's especially true if ohio state adjusts on the back half they've been playing really soft all year long in the secondary there's been nine ten yard cushions for the corners uh all year long and i think you You have to take a risk. You've got to jam guys like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle if he plays because otherwise they're going to catch that six-yard route, and it's going to be a 12, 13-yard gain every time. Right. And I, I think that the more that they can throw those guys off their route early, the better chance you have for guys like Barron to get home and that's when you affect Mac Brown or Mac Jones. Mac Brown is not gonna care what happens. <laughs> Mac Brown does not care one bit about what happens in this game. You'll probably uh, watch. It's been a long travel day already, and I just my brain is a little confused by the tiki, by the ocean back there. Got
1: our own little cabana here. We're probably gonna have some road beers later and and we'll probably be talking about Michigan's great move, even though we're the focus is on Ohio State and Alabama. Michigan still wanted to jump in the mix with a very exciting extension.
0: Four-year uh, extension to Jim Harbaugh. He takes a 50% pay cut, basically. He is forced to uh, basically recreate his staff, and uh, they're okay with the fact that he was trying to leave there as of last week. So,
1: What did you tell me? Anytime a coach is trying to leave your program, has to get clean out his
0: entire staff, and you have to pay, give him a 50% pay cut, just to get him to sign an extension, you you absolutely have to do sign it. Sign up and do it. Yeah, why would you not? I mean, uh, And
1: then just let him coach your cornerbacks,
0: too. I don't so know. Why not? Good, you know, good on good here. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's a four-year extension for Jim Harbaugh if you're just getting this news. I think that uh, it's going to lead to a lot of the same stuff we've seen in the last few years because guys like Jim Harbaugh, and this is not even a necessarily a knock on him, He's a football coach who's coached football the way he's coached football for thirty some years. He is not changing just because Ward-Manuel and the Michigan administration says you have to change coaches. Like, the new coaches meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Like, this is going to be Jim Harbaugh's program no matter what. And I just, I, I have a tough time believing that when he's been so obviously trying to leave Michigan, Taking a 50% pay cut is going to instill in him a new vigorous energy that is going to be like, yes, now I've finally got everything I'm looking for here in Ann Arbor. I just don't see it.
1: And an enthusiasm
0: unknown to mankind. Now, this is an extension unknown to mankind because <laughs> never in history has a coach who'd been so purposely trying to leave a program but agreed to take a 50% pay cut when he didn't have to. His contract was not up. He still had a year left. Uh, And then is forced to remove 90% of his coaching staff, except for his son. Uh, And then hires, his first new hire is a defensive coordinator hired from his brother. Hmm. And I mean, it it seems to me that, again, you might see the same problem uh, happening in Ann Arbor that has been happening in Ann Arbor. But hey, for those of you watching this
1: show, uh, I'm sure you don't care. Neither does Mac Brown. Well, that's also why... The playoff drive brought to you by Buyers Auto is an Ohio State show because it's at the playoff, and Michigan doesn't have to worry about ever being here. That's it's no big deal. So we'll continue to talk about Ohio State and Alabama. Uh, Michigan can complete its new revamped old staff, uh, and we'll get ready for Monday night down here in South Florida. The Buckeyes are done with testing. They are on the way. They will be here tomorrow. Broom and I will have full coverage for you at Letterman Row of Ohio State and Alabama at LettermanRow.com.